Hey, what's going on? This is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Service Marketing Podcast. I did an oopsie. I missed our podcast on Monday. A thousand lashings for this infidel. So sorry. So sorry. I'm usually pretty darn consistent. I think in maybe in the last 12 months, I might have missed one other one. I've been pretty good. And over the course of over pushing close to 800 episodes, I think maybe three or four times. We missed a date. So I apologize. Like I said, a thousand lashings from a, a bearded man on the mountain for my, my sins. Anyway, um, why? You're asking why? Okay. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll take that. Uh, yeah. Question from the crowd. Sure. I'll answer that. Um, vacation. And I should have already had it uh, pre-canned, uh, pre-recorded, but man. I missed it. <laughs> so we were on the island uh, out in Kauai, the Garden Island of the Pacific. Um, had a great time, which is an understatement. So I will tell you this. If you have a business um, or a lifestyle to where you can travel, um, you have freedom. Um, even just partly, right? I mean, that is such a flex. It's such a, a strong position to be in. Um, I congratulate you and I'm getting to that point. It's a little late in the game for me, but better late than never. But I am so thankful to have the time to get out and travel a little bit with the wife. I'm thankful for my staff, my son, uh, who helped watch the business just to be able to get that little break, that five day, you know, mid fall break. I mean, it was just, it's sick. Um, very little crowds. Uh, the place is amazing. Um, I just, like I said, it was, it was, it was awesome. Great food, met some cool people, um, just chilled out, man. Just, just didn't run around. We, we, yeah, we did some stuff. We saw like the, what's called the Grand Canyon of the Pacific, according to Mark Twain. Um, that was badass. Uh, surfed a little bit in Hanalei Bay, which is probably the prettiest beach, uh, and area I've seen in the world. Um, just, it, it looked fake. I mean, with so many things we saw, it was just like, is this real? I mean, just an absolute jungle, waterfalls everywhere. Um, just nuts, just nuts. I had a great time. Uh, like I said, great food, met some great people. Some people were, I mean, you know, it's the way the islands are. Some of the locals, they're not really happy with how these, us white people or the people who are not natives to the islands. And I get it. They were done wrong. You know, we're classified in that group of wrongdoers. So I, you know, you respect the island. You, you know that they're the natives and we're the visitors. And as long as you just, I don't know, act accordingly, you know, sometimes they're still rude, but it is what it is, man. And I get their position. I don't, I don't hate on anybody. I wish it was different. Some of them have kind of gotten over a little bit and they're, they're friendly. Met a lot of local islanders who were super cool. So great time tons of rain which is weird because in cali we it, it's actually raining today but we haven't even had rain um oh, it's been a while so just to see rain almost every day and like downpours at night um was sick it's absolutely sick we hiked up uh a crazy trail that was all muddy and slippery and and uh saw some waterfalls got to see the overhang of the probably about 2500 feet up um, just, just nuts, man. Just like I said, and it, I was there 30 something years ago. I haven't been in this island for a long time since I was basically, I think in my teens, uh, and it's changed, changed a lot. Um, 
it, it's super expensive. Zuckerberg from Facebook owns like half the island now, which I get. Um, 40% real estate increase over the past year or two. Uh, you would think the pandemic it would have crushed the real estate. Now nah, all the wealthy just said, "You know what? Life's too short. Let's go. Let's go live, or let's get a second house, whatever." So it's nuts, and which is really crazy because it, it, I'll go off topic here, and then we'll get on topic. But it uh, there's not enough poor people, so to speak, or the low income people, let's say. So all these people over there with money to spend, but there's the businesses are half of them are closed because they can't hire anybody. It's an economics problem. They would love to have people there to work and serve and make good money, but you can't survive on $20 an hour there. It ain't going to happen. I think minimum probably $30 an hour would be entry level just to rent a room or a studio just to get by. And so what happened during the pandemic, a lot of people split. They went to the mainland if they could get out of there. I mean, that island was shut down hard. You think your state was bad or Cali was bad. No tourists, no nothing. So people that had the money didn't give a shit. But the people who need, needed to work to make money, I mean, you couldn't. So it was really bad. It was really bad. According to, and I, like I said, I've talked to a lot of locals, told me about it, had some great stories, some cool ass people. Um, just was really neat. Really neat. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's, I don't know, it's a pretty damn cool place, though. I highly recommend, you know, that you get out. What, what I really recommend is that you have a business that is so successful, you know to the point where you have the freedom, you know, because life is short. Like I said, um, man, I met so many people this year that, that have had strokes and had, you know, or died. My wife's had clients that have just died suddenly. And it's just like, man, you know, tomorrow's not, not a guarantee guys. You know, like I, like I've said, and I told my, our client last week, I was telling you guys about Evelyn, the lady who's a chemist who wanted to argue with me, or I don't know if she wanted to argue with me, but she took, took opposition to the point where she's like, I don't think time is the number one uh, commodity, Brian. And I'm like, well, teach his own, but I'll tell you what, I'll take the time and you go take the money and we'll see where we both end up. Yeah, you need a little bit of both, but if you could survive, go grab time. You know, Go ask anybody in their 70s or 80s plus and say, hey, what would you rather have? You know, A bank account full of cash you know, or just enough to get by on. And I mean, there was people over there in Kauai that, that were, they were off the grid. They were living off the land and somehow they were doing just fine. And they looked happy as fuck. It is crazy because the place is nuts, you know, and there's other places like this too. I know, but not a ton of homeless. I mean, off the grid is, you know, some of those people were homeless. Some of them were off the grid, but still at home. So some people living in their cars out there on the beach or whatever. I mean, it's allowed in some places and Look perfectly happy. And the, cra- the crazy thing is last time I was there, there wasn't any chickens. There was no chickens. Now there's freaking roosters and chickens everywhere. I guess they were having cockfights and stuff and the chickens got out. They populated that island so fast. So now it's like a national animal or a state animal. There's chickens and roosters everywhere. And that's great until about 1.32 a.m. you hear cock-a-doodle-doo outside your window because there's some retarded rooster out there that thinks sunrise is coming and it's not due for another four hours. That kind of sucked. But other than that, <laughs> no complaints. All right, so on to bigger and better. So here we go, guys. Um, two phrases or two statements I heard the other day that had a little bit of a profound impact on me. It made me really think. And I think anytime you challenge your, your thoughts or beliefs, I think it's we need to be elastic in our thinking sometimes. And I think if we are... If we allow ourselves to think bigger, outside the box, so to speak, which is so cliche, right? But 
it still plays. Just allow your mind to kind of absorb that one like a sponge for a minute with a little Dove soap. Um, try not to, to confine your thoughts, in other words. Because when you can think bigger and think broader you know, and more unique, therein lies the opportunities. And that's so many people. The good news is very few people think that way. So if you're in a business and you inherently know that it's going to be competition, allow yourself to expand your mind like a rubber band and you've got you got opportunities. So on that note, first phrase or first uh, statement, I should say. Number one, bad marketers need sales. Think about that for a second. Bad, and it bad might not be the best. And I might even be paraphrasing. I heard this on another podcast the other day from somebody who I really respect. And and probably genius level dude and anyway or super bright i'll tell you that iq score definitely well above my mark anyway bad marketers need sales so what that means is if your marketing isn't so strong that it drives sales in, inherently within right then you still need to go out and and fish for people for clients b2b b2c whatever excuse me so um so that means you need to up up you know level up your marketing which we all that's what this podcast is about i mean it's about growing your business and growing your your marketing being better at it but really the notch above this is going to be the next one i'll talk about after this which even supersedes the importance of marketing which which is crazy and we'll get to it but but if you're if you have to do a bunch of sales to keep the business going, <clears throat> that means your marketing has a lot of room for improvement. That's that's a really a nicer phrase than saying bad mark, bad marketer, bad marketer. You know, pick up a newspaper and swipe the people's bottom ends. You know, for pooping on the carpet by the couch. AKA last night we rolled in at midnight. Yeah, there was a little bit of pee on the hardwood next to the couch, and somebody didn't let the dog out. But. I digress. We can circle back to that if you want. Was the wife happy? No, she was tired and she was pissed. Did I want to hear it? What do you think? Moving on. So, bad marketers need sales. So, what does that mean? If you want to do less sales, be a better marketer. Because your marketing in itself will sell people. It will close people. It will drive people to your door. It will drive people to you. And within marketing, of course, there's a lot of different aspects. And I'm not going to get into it. But just encapsulate that take that in hug that let that be a comfort to you that you know what man if you're doing a lot of sales if you have to sell a lot in your business whatever it is or you're going to start a business get your marketing on point and you might take six months you might take a year to get a great marketing plan you might go around and fish and you know pay for mentorships and 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 uh meetings meetups, mini courses, whatever. You might be Googling 12 hours a day, but get your marketing on point. And it it sounds a little weak for me just to just distill it down to something so simple and raw, but I'm telling you, it strikes like lightning. And I'm saving you a shit ton of hassle and work if you can do this. You can put your, lock your fingers behind your head and the money will come rolling in like it's coming down a hill from the leprechaun who accidentally let go of his pot of gold. If you can picture that little guy with the red hair and the red beard. No, we're not near St. Patty's Day. 
But anywho, I digress. So number one, if you want to do less sales, be a better marketer. The marketing itself will drive you business. Okay, and what I, I want, well, nah, I won't go in there right now. We're gonna move on because it's a little bit late, and we got to get to get to things here. So, anyway, number two, the second phrase, and this is it: weak products or services need marketers. So now we're going up upstream, right? We're going up the food chain. Weak products or services need marketers. So if your business is a commodity and you've got, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 people in your town, USA, or anywhere, Europe or, whatever, or otherwise, and you've got to fight to get business, maybe in the B2B or the B2C sector, okay? In a PDR world with us in the auto body, B2B with us, would be dealers and body shops. If I got to fight with those body shops and those dealerships to get their business, I'm a commodity. I have a position of weakness. I need to do something to differentiate myself or to make myself more advantageous so I don't have become a commodity. And the same goes for B2C in my business. So let's say I service uh, consumers, aka retail customers. If I want to be a better retail business, I need to differentiate myself to where I really don't have competition. And we're getting there. We are getting there. We are a few degrees above the waterline. I truly believe. People are coming to us. We had a guy the other day that said, I will never go back to Caliber Collision. After experiencing what you guys do, everything all, all the way around, from the technica- technical of your business, the speed, the price, it's a no-brainer. Fuck me if I didn't have that on video, by the way. I'm going to reach back out to that guy and see if I can get a video. I mean, dude's probably 60 and he's so fucking sharp. And I'm like, God damn it. And he gave us a review, but it was on like the Square app, which is like basically fucking cutting down a tree in the forest when nobody's around. Nobody's going to fucking read it. So I got to get back. His name is Jim. Matter of fact, his name is Jim Stark, which is a movie father name. If you've ever seen the famous movie. Uh, I'm sure it's his real name, but I I wanted to ask him, is that your real name or are you just borrowing it from Rebel.Akaz, a famous James Dean movie, but I'm sure it is. But anyway, and I don't even know, yeah, he'd know the reference because he's 60. Um, So, weak products or service need marketers, okay? So, you need to have, this goes back to developing, right? It goes back to marketing, but you're even past that. Your service or your product of your business needs to be so good, so differentiated, so exceptional for the client that they what they really want, that it's basically gonna, people are gonna, they're gonna buy it on its own, on merit. Or you have an offer that's so good, it's too good to be true, people are they're gonna be like, man, I can't believe I said no to that. I was in a surfwear uh, store during a rainstorm um, in a town called Kilauea, um, which is pretty badass also, by the way, in Kauai. And they had shorts, and they were board shorts, and they were badass, and they were like 20 bucks each, which is like, and they were stylish. By the way, I think you get to hear me talk to a customer. I think somebody's driving in right now or walking in because it's after 7, even though we technically open at 8. Maybe they're doing a drop-off. We'll see here. So I'll leave this podcast rolling if they walk in. Anyway, before they come in, the offer is too good to be true. I'm like, this can't be right. I can't be be able to purchase $50, $60 board shorts in a nice store. It's not even Walmart for 20 bucks. So I didn't buy them, which is, which is ridiculous. 
And that's just one of those icons of the uh, lexicons of the, the power of pricing. I didn't feel the value was there because it wasn't expensive enough, which is crazy. So let's see what this customer says. Come on in. What's happening? Come take a look. Sounds good. How you been, Mark? Doing excellent. I woke up again. Good.
anyway, if you're still there, I had to go outside. Uh, I was dealing with Warren. Um, sidebar, this gentleman uh, was here earlier this week. I think it was Monday. And our uh, gun for hire, Jake pushed out some dents for this customer. But when it comes to dents with pain issues, um, touch-up is is always a slippery slope. And he wants his Hyundai perfect, so we're going to end up painting his hood. Not because the job wasn't done done well, but because paint touch-up is an abstract process. And he didn't, you, unless I showed him before and after photos of average touch-up, which is probably not a bad idea as a selling tool, people don't really know. They just don't know. They don't know what they're going to get. So I was hoping he would come in, but we had to go outside and see his car so you couldn't hear the, the dialogue. But anyway, all, all is good in love and war, and, and he's coming in uh, next week, like Tuesday, and we're going to take care of that. So um, so statement two, let's get back to that. Weak products or services need marketers. Okay. So, so I'm going to tell you guys, there's a gentleman by the name of Naval, N-A-V-A-L. And he's got a famous uh, published uh, diatribe, basically, um, if I could say so. It, it, they call it the Naval Almanac. Basically, he had a, t- a Twitter thread that somebody distilled down and put it into one uh, published um, memorandum, I guess it would be. So he's, he's one of the sharpest guys of our time, a true genius. I recommend that you go check them out. If you just want to geek out and, and watch somebody just spew razor, white hot laser, razor sharp uh, facts, you know, about life and, and living and just the guy's just nuts. So anyway, Naval talks about basically four things, but three are relevant to our industries. Uh, I leave out code because code is something that most of us aren't going to be able to leverage. If you have a business where you could use code to to use to an advantage, great. But I'm going to leave code out. But the other three that you can use to, to grow your business is media, okay, brand, and capital. So, And I'm going to leave capital out. Let's assume that you're going to go with just media and or brand. okay, And you're trying to, to do what I just said in number two. And number two is statement to basically a perfect market fit doesn't need marketing, right? So, so how can how can you do that? So brand, brand you expand your brand. If, if your if your brand is so beloved, like Apple, you know, and I, I I don't like when people use big brands as examples because Apple has been around for what forty years, fifty years, and it's it wasn't always that way. You know, Steve did a good job when he when he first came out. But it took them a while to really get to get that brand to really take hold. And there's so many aspects of Apple, but there's there's micro brands that are still beloved and they're still growing at exponential rates. I think there's a uh, a coffee alternative called Mud or something, and it's on it's on Instagram and a few other things. And, and that that brand's taking off. And there's certain things that people they'll buy over and over again because they connect with the brand. So if you want to if you want to have a product or service that is so, you're not a commodity. You're not just one of 10 choices. You are the choice. And your customers will push others away to get to you. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But you, in business, you can work two ways. You can work hard at the beginning and, they, and then the trees are going to start to bear fruit. Or you can work average at the beginning and you have to work hard toiling 
and cultivating your crop, if you will, all the way through your business life cycle because you really didn't do the preparation. And it's, like I said, the good news is very few people know how to do this. The good news is people are lazy. The good news is people are just going to f- put up a building and start their business. They very rarely are going to do the scientific and hard-ass Egyptian labor, you know, pyramid building work to get that business to freaking reach, you know, liftoff. You know, it's just, it's just so tough. So, so anyway, so brand or media. Okay, brand, we all know what, what brand is. Everybody has brands they like, and you know you have brands that you identify with, and there are so many opportunities on brand. It, it takes time. You have to be creative. Once again, none of these are easy. The other one's media. Okay, you can leverage media, and never have we, it's been so easy. We've had some guys, we've got so many opportunities with all social media and otherwise to really identify with our customers. But it's not a set it and forget it. You need to survey. You need to talk to your, your customers and find out what really resonates with them and then go back and develop your media strategy, which, like I said, for most of us, including me, it's not easy. Not easy at all. You could use an agency if you have the money. If not, you got to be you got to be a one man band. And and that doesn't mean going on Instagram, and making one post a day or whatever. It's it's a lot more work than that. It really is. It's finding out what's going to resonate and what what's about you is interesting that people identify with and they're going to want to come back to you know maybe it's your your charitable attitude or things that you do i don't know you know there's so many different ways to slice up media you know there's guys that do it but you know the good news is about media is it's it's a volume and quantity play it really is so and within that quality so if you can out volume your 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 uh competition and your quality is there at the same time which by de- definition of doing volume your quality should get better okay it's almost a direct correlation and pretty soon you're going to have volume and better quality than others and you will win but if you're just going to do volume in and of itself with poor quality it's not going to work and if you're going to do low low quantity with no quality same thing it's not going to work so it takes time all these things take time. People want to, you know, add water and, ha- and have an instant s- seedling grow up out of out of the soil and have a have a great business. It doesn't work that way. It takes years. But media and brand are two ways to make your business set aside to where you're not going to be a commodity. The last one's capital. And sure, you could spend money. You can go out and buy all these things. You can have agencies. You can have better marketers come in and help you out and in mentorships. I think that's. If you have the capital, I think that's the smartest move because what is it? What are you giving, giving away at that point? What are you cutting down? You're cutting down time. You know, and I just said everything else takes time. Well, if you, if you have the capital and you're willing to spend it, it's a much shorter, shorter you know, path. You're going to have a freaking hockey stick growth instead of a slow, slow boat to China, five, 10 years to get that business to, to really potentially, maybe a couple of years, but it's not going to be one day or one week or one month. Not a chance. Not a chance. So think about it. Perfect market fit really doesn't need marketing, does it? If you find the business that people really want, you know, and I'll give you guys an example. And once, once again, I'll, sp- I'll speak to our industry, PDR. So PDR to dealers is a good example. Back in the day, if I walked into a dealership and I didn't have competition, it was a perfect fit because they needed us. They didn't even trust us or know what the hell it was. I went to dealers that literally had never heard of it, a PDR, and they're like, wow. You can really do this and prove it. I'm, they're skeptics. And then you prove it. You're like, oh, shit, all right, done. We're going to use you. 
But now, since there's competition, that in itself, you have to level up and, and be even better. Before, it was just, hey, we're better than body shops. Well, now, how are you better than other PDR services? Being the best and the lowest price, I mean, that's that's you're back to a commodity again. So you have to craft that business to make sure you're not a commodity. Don't be common. Have a unique and better USP. So what, so what, what could you do? Real quick, I'll get into it, and then we're going to wrap up because i got to get, get to business here. So number one, you can bundle. What does that mean? Your service, you could actually add other aspects to the service to add more value. Smarger, small or large combos. People have already done this. It's called packaged recon in our business. So they will have all different reconditioning services, including PDR, and the dealers, a lot of them ate it up. They love it. Another one is dent warranties, where you could package that with your service to get leverage to get the business, which is nice because one, if you can skip up to the, the top level management and owners and make a connection in the dealer world, <clears throat> you have a, a defined moat where people aren't going to be able to push you out pretty much. So, so warrant, and that's, this is one of those things that I've given. I don't know if people even realize how powerful it is within our industry, but if you have your own debt warranty and you want to get recon business, it's a shoe in. It's an absolute shoe-in, but you have to be able to sell and you have to have a little bit of business acumen to start up a debt warranty service. But I'm telling you right now, there's people out there that have already done it. I've done it. I'm not doing it right now because I have other other ores in the water, but I'll tell you right now, it works and it's strong as ass. So uh, what's another example of unique marketing? I'll, I'll tell you one right now. Um, I knew a used car manager at, at a dealership, a franchise dealership in Huntington Beach. It's a Kia dealership. And he takes a super small salary. I think it's like $40,000 a year. In and of itself, he couldn't probably rent a freaking cardboard box and push a skateboard for forty grand in California a year, right? So what does he trade off for that, though? He gets to buy any of the trades he wants that come to the dealership. He has to allow some go to the front line. But for the most part, any of the ones he can cherry pick, the ones with the biggest meat on the bone. And he said he nets out around three fifty a year. Okay, from, from flipping the trades. So he's basically parasitically taking the gravy money coming into that dealership in lieu of a salary. And he's running, you know, the front line and all that. Okay. The guy drives a Lamborghini Huracan and has a two million dollar house just down the street. This is how I met him, because he came in for service. And I'm thinking to myself, you're just a manager of a dealership, you don't even own it. And you're balling this hard. I'm like, all right, what what gifts? The guy was smart. He thought outside the uh, outside the box, you know? So anyway, just remember guys, the further you can get away from your business as a commodity, the better. It's going to be painful at first. It's going to take time, but it's worth it. Go read about Naval. Find the Naval Almanac if you want to geek out a little bit and you want to know more about this. Because I'm telling you right now, guys, these lexicons, these ideas, they're powerful. They really are. They're not easy, but these are, if you're looking for the golden ticket, those two things I mentioned. The first one is, will get you great, great freedom and income. But the second one, if you really want to do, have a better product or service, you won't even need to market. You know, or your marketing will be very limited. You know, it's just the way it works. And like I said, within that, you can utilize media, capital, and or brand. If you could do all three, I mean, think about it. How powerful could your business truly be? So anyway, that's it, guys. I got to get after it. God, I've been rambling for 30 minutes. I think that included the five-minute break with Warren. Hopefully, you guys bridged the gap and came back. So I appreciate you. We'll uh, catch you next time on the SAI Service Marketing Podcast. Bye-bye for now.